Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples, couples Therapy. Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situations, shits and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex, regrets, so feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. everyone welcome to couples therapy i am naomi and i'm andy we're a real life couple a real life couple of comedians and on couples therapy in, in quarantine, quarantine we do whatever the hell we want <laughs> that's just that on that <laughs> no we just try to stop us <laughs> we, come at me don't at me come at me don't at me <laughs> um our brains have uh you know what it's uh what what have we been in quarantine, Naomi? Three hundred and ten days, something like that. Yeah. I think I think our brains uh, decide to take a vacation. Oh yeah, I don't know if I've had you know what's that? Where is my mind? Who's oh, that? Yeah, what's a pixie song uh, oh, that was yeah. played in uh, in a uh, Fight Club? Uh huh. And then yes. uh, since then, anytime any character, any <laughs> since then, every music supervisor was like, "Oh, what's that song?" Uh, yeah, let's put that in. Anytime a character is uh, going crazy. Well, that's me. Consider that my personal soundtrack. Okay, at day three oh eight, three ten in choir. But so you want you want to start listening to the Pixies? Absolutely not. I I don't know. You sure you don't want Surfer Rosa? It's the mm. <laughs> album of theirs. 
But I will say doing the pod is really keeping my spirits up. It's mm-hmm. giving us something to look forward to. You know what I mean? Structure. I mean, you've already heard the dulcet tones of this wonderful guest. Oh, my God. You guys, we've got a power couple. We have Nico Santos and Zeke Smith. Okay? You know Zeke from his work on Survivor as well as the recent documentary Disclosure. You know Nico Santos from Crazy Rich Asians and Superstore. And together they are in love. And we had a wonderful talk with them. Like, they've just gotten a new home. It's like love going to the next level. Mm. And I was inspired. I'm going to call them a PCPC. A perfectly cute power couple. PCPC. I love it. I love it. That's gorgeous. But look, before we get to Nico and Zeke, a little bit. Just a little bit. Mm -hmm. A housekeeper. Mm -hmm. Just a little. I'm just going to dust a little bit. A little. Just a a touch. Just a touch. Just Just a touch. Hey, our vacuum. Got to tell you this, Naomi. Vacuum's got to, apparently I learned that I had to look it up online. Got an attachment for dusting. Babe. Babe, you love <laughs> attachments. So and you love dusting. Hate attachments. Love dusting. <laughs> Hate attachments. Attachments to people. Attachments to people. Yes, I'm an introvert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so anytime uh, <laughs> I just feel like uh, my skin crawls. Oh, I'm opening up myself. Okay, opening up my okay. emotions. My oh, God, he's going person. there. He's going there. Okay, before we get to the episode, just what I wanted to tell you is... As always, you can catch us on Twitch on Wednesdays at twitch.tv slash couples therapy pod. This week, the show will be at 4 p.m. PST. Yes. Instead of the normal two. Amy's got a gig. Your girl got to work. I got to pay these bills in 2021. So we're going to have to Twitch at 4 p.m. So and I got our, dusting to do. And he got a dust with an attachment. So I'm going to need you to just adjust your calendars accordingly. Also, if you want, we do have Couples Therapy Quarantine Crew t-shirts, Jubu t-shirts, and two gorgeous styles. So, uh-huh. so, go to our socials. Get that link, baby, and buy a tea. There's a link tree in the bio. Climb that link tree. Instagram and Twitter. Reach and the top. I, name, can I throw a plug in? Absolutely. Uh, so, I've been doing another podcast for the last 11 years. 11th anniversary coming up in a week or two. Gorgeous. Uh, called Beginnings. <gasps> oh, see? Mabel's excited about this. Do you hear her? She's like, I love that show. She's so rude. But basically, I talk to uh, musicians and writers and performers that I like about their childhoods. And I I just want to say this because this is like uh, this goes back to my own childhood. I just did uh, an episode with Ian MacKay and one before that with Mary Timoney, who are big indie rock people who you if I had to explain the Pixies, you would not know who these people are. Well, I know. But do you want to explain who they are to the listener? Ian MacKay founded uh, founded Discord Records. and. Fugazi okay. and Minor Threat and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, I thought they were really great interviews. I just want to plug them. If you <laughs> if you are the segment of the listenership <laughs> that gets my references. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. You might enjoy those. So uh, that's about it. But yeah, I just want to. Yeah, you got to plug it, honey. You got to plug it. You got to plug it. You got to plug it. Who what ha- are you doing if you're not plugging it? You're chugging. You you're you're plugging or you're chugging? If you ain't plugging, you're chugging. Chugging along is what I mean by that. I don't mean like chugging a beer. Oh, that's what I was. You're butt chugging a beer. <sighs> Absolutely not. I'm sex negative. <laughs> don't put anything better. That's Naomi, how dare you? How dare you? It has nothing to do with sex. It has I to do with comrad- frat camaraderie. Frat camaraderie. Brotherhood, if you will. <laughs> Sick. Um, I think... Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. Why don't we just... Stop bullshitting and get to the show. Roll it. I felt improviser energy with, uh, I'm going to dive in 
and just oh do... yeah i i i was once a member of the ucb cult that's correct <laughs> i know you were i was gonna ask i was gonna ask you um you you how too. long how long you were in nexium and uh, how you made it out <laughs> Yes, I was advanced study. I did. Um, I got into one of the the movie special movie class, and I spent thousands of dollars in all of my twenties <laughs> doing I, absolutely nothing. <laughs> I know, I know. That's where Andy and I met UCB, and it was. Um, but I was like never in deep. I feel like I took some classes, and then was like, oh wait, I just want to do stand up, and then. But we like still like I would go with you to stuff. Yes, I would sit at my day job and read through the Improv Resource Center uh, (laughs) online board. Yes, I would do that. (laughs) And I would go through and the wiki and look at old Harold teams and see, oh, this person got on this team and then now they're on ice nine and now they're. Oh, no. Oh, please don't star. It's sick. It's sick. Um, Wait, did you just say ice? What's ice? (laughs) Ice nine. Yeah. A Kurt no, Vonnegut with, reference. Yeah, I, I I remember going to Herald Night and watching it like I watched football. Like, oh, that was a really good move. Oh, they're setting it up for this. Oh, and, and, you know, big. I was a big improv nerd for a while. And then all of a sudden it just like, it hit me that all of the people who are like, oh, they're UCB success stories. None of them ever made the improv teams. They just went and did their own thing. And I was like, oh, maybe that's what that's what I should go do. That's and what I should do. That's how I ended up on reality TV, baby. <laughs> Did you guys meet doing comedy? Did y'all meet in the comedy world? No, we met. This is the most L.A. This is the gayest <laughs> and the most L.A. story ever. We met at the after party of the Glad Awards. But... Comedy does tie into it because my plus one was a friend from my UCB 101 class back in New York who knew Nico's plus one, Stephen Guarino. My plus one was Stephen Guarino, who, if you don't know, is a very funny comedic actor. He was recurring on the happy endings, you know, good friend of mine. And whenever I sort of like need like a a plus one to these events, I'm like, girl, come with me because I need somebody that I can like kiki with Mm -hmm. and isn't intimidated by the you know, the, yeah. the surroundings. Um, and, and actually, earlier in the night, I'd been backstage with Steven, and I had been flirting with Steven. <laughs> <laughs> it was this whole thing where we got to the after party, and Steven was like, oh, there's my friend Jason and his friend Zeke, and Zeke is really cute. And I was like, yeah, Zeke is, is hella cute. And we, like, we went up to them and started talking, and I am... I don't know what happened because I'm I'm very shy. I'm even though I'm like a very outgoing person mm. as a profession, but mm. like in reality, I'm a very shy person, and I never make the first move. I don't approach guys. I don't talk to guys. But he was so slick. He was like, "Hey, what you doing? You want to get a drink over at the bar?" And I was like, "Sure." I'm like, "You got to ride home. NBC sent me a limo for the night, so <laughs> I can drop you off." <laughs> That is a real power move. I love NBC sent me a limo. I'm like, okay, oh, I'll go with yeah. you. Was it that? Was that? Did that give you the courage? Like, if I, I, I'm usually pretty shy too, but if there was, if I, if I knew I had like a limo, that would give me a little bit of like, well, I have, I, I'm supposed to be here. I have professional standing, and well, I'm gonna use a little bit of that. I'm gonna add some of that to my charisma. I, I definitely think that you know I, I'm fortunate enough to be in this position of, of of working in this profession at this level, and 
I definitely think my career has given me a confidence boost, mm-hmm. but you know, deep down inside, I'm still the same broken, busted person. Yeah. You know? And he did get scared. So once the limo arrived at the house, he was like, and we had really hit it off in the car. We talked about food. We're both big foodies. And like, I put my arm around him and he put his like hand on my knee. And then when we got to his house, I was like, so we're going upstairs. You're right. <laughs> no, I totally, I know. I totally was like, um, cause, cause Steven also, I had to bring Steven back to his car. So it was like the three of us in the back seat and right. we were heavily flirting and Steven was just like, Ugh, whatever. <laughs> um, but I was like, Oh, so did you, um, are you just going to like get a ride back with Steven? And I, I kissed Nico and was like, we're going upstairs. Yeah. I was like, Oh, okay. Let me just write my keys. I, I, here's my, my keys are here somewhere. Let me just. Yeah. Okay. Zeke. Wow. Can yeah. we talk about the bold and the beautiful? Yeah. Can we talk about how? That's what I, what I said. Improvise your energy. You're just going to go for it. That's yeah. why I call improvise your energy. No, but that's also confidence, though. Because improvise your energy is more, I'm confused and we'll just wait until we get too drunk. And no, then, but like, the, like, to step out from the back line and initiate. Oh, gross, Andy. But, like, do you, have you always been a direct, like, when I like somebody, I'm going to tell them? Or were, no. Or, okay. It was really a product of, I had been on Survivor, um, I think, it was in like a two-year period, right? Like I'd been on Survivor and then never before had guys really like shown an overt interest at me in me at like clubs or, or places like that. I was always more of like an app guy. But all of a sudden, like guys were coming up to me at gay bars and being like, hey, like I've jerked off to you thinking about you. And I'm like, oh, which I found very polite. I know not everyone would respond that way, but I was very, very flattered. And so I had like started like picking up guys in bars and, um, you know, even after like I was outed. So like people like knew that I was trans and what the whole like, situation was and they were like still very interested. And that gave me a lot of confidence to believe that I was attractive and that people were, you know, interested in spending romantic time with me. Um, so like by the time that I got to Nico, I think I had had what... What Nico hadn't had, which was like all of this practice in flirtation and dating. And I had, because I think, you know, as queer people, and especially like the both of us, we're sort of like, we're like marginalized in that we're queer. And then we're marginalized in that, like, he's an immigrant and a person of color, and I'm trans and I'm jubby. Um, so, like, we are all that, like, flirtation on the plating uh, on the playground to like asking someone out to prom to like all we missed all of that like romantic education and now mm-hmm. we're adults and we're like i still don't know how to do this i sort of got like the the like, crash course and got to catch up a little bit um and i think that's what made me more confident and i was like oh it's okay i know i know you're scared let me guide you through this <laughs> But i am i'm just not that guy i mean like even before i met zeke i've had experiences where literally a guy brought me back to their house and I slept on the couch because I was like oh this guy doesn't want to sleep with me like he just brought me home because we're both drunk and he didn't want me to drive drunk and oh that good Samaritan in the club yeah (laughs) and he literally you know this person would be like you know getting naked in his bed it's like and he's like, okay, I, I guess I'll just sleep on the couch. <laughs> like, I, I just don't know how to read these signals. I get that. I'm so <laughs> bad at it. So bad yes. at it. I'm terrible at reading signals. Yeah, that's true. I can attest. Ten years ago. <laughs> I like, and it's, I guess maybe I was the same way, like, learning to flirt. Um, but also, it was just funny because 
the thing is I like I like the awkward and the nervous. You know, I'm very attracted. If you if you're delicate, if you look like you could never hit me. You know what I mean? I like that. And so Andy being super like I don't know. Weak? Is that what you were? <laughs> no, like you I just knew that you were like not even no, weak is the wrong word, but like also I don't know, like trust docile. Trustworthy or like, okay, he ain't gonna bring any bullshit. That was like kind of what I felt like with his personality. That I was like, all right, I'll show up at your house at 11 p.m. Because I feel <laughs> like you ain't gonna bring me no bullshit. I'm gonna go to Greenpoint at 11 p.m. for the record. If you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank so, you. Yes. And I did not. And I wait. That, I mean, so did that you was, live off the G? Was it convenient or did honey, you? Have, Zeke. I used to live in Williamsburg. I lived in Harlem, Zeke. Ooh. You. Oh, you must have liked him a whole That's lot. That's love. That's love. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. I didn't read that. I didn't understand he, it. You didn't know. And in fact, I don't. I think you didn't. You didn't read that she was willing to go from Harlem to Greenpoint at 11 p.m. as true affection. I don't. I wouldn't go from Harlem to Greenpoint at 11 p.m. to go do it. <laughs> I know. I we bought a house together. <laughs> she brought cupcakes. Yeah. This was the first night we smooched. Yeah. I came to Greenpoint. I was getting something. Did I? Wait. So I got a question for you, Naomi. Uh-huh. Me? Did, yeah. Did I, I? I'm trying to remember. Did I initiate the smooching? Did I at least realize at some point? Yes. But I will tell you what I did. It was literally like, so Andy has, well, we now have cats, but, the, you know, they were his cats. And so when I come into his apartment for the first time, I was like, I want to meet your cats. And then he was like, oh, they're probably hiding under the bed. And I go, okay, let's go in there. That's what I had to do. This man has a degree. Okay. <laughs> Two. Two degrees. Uh, and I had to do that. Can that's, I just. That's what I'm telling you. Reading the signals is hard. Yes. And can I also say, by the way, she's leaving out the fact that uh, uh, my roommate, we all, we did bits together for about an hour before that happened. So Naomi sure. comes over. From her point of view, pretty obvious. We're going to smooch. And like maybe 15 minutes before I got there, his roommate came home. And then they just fucked around talking about some adult swim shit. <laughs> and I'm up in here sitting on the couch like, excuse you? <laughs> it was too long. And so that had happened. So then I feel like as soon as he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to bed. Like when your roommate, he left. I was like, okay, honey, honey, like yeah. I got to go to work in the morning. Let's, I mean, well, this is crazy. The first night we met, we ended up like making out to like 3.30 in the morning. So yeah. I kept, I kept pawing at his crotch because I wanted more. And he was like, no. And He's I was scared. like, sir, I am a lady. <laughs> I am a lady. And uh, I mean, but I was honestly just like, before I met Zeke, I actually had uh, made a conscious decision. I was like, I was just really tired of like the casual hookup. Because mm-hmm. um, I was like, just, you know, you know, I wasn't like a big slut. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I was a slut before. And mm-hmm. then hooking up sort of gradually died, uh, was dying down. And I was like, I just got tired of it. And I was like, the next person that I meet that I hook up, that I hook up with, I would at least want to go on a few dates and get to know that person. Right. Um, and so I didn't sleep with Zeke till the fifth date. It was a while. It was the fifth Zeke. <laughs> but okay, but here's the thing though. So you guys obviously had had the time in the limo where y'all were just talking and being like, oh, I like you as a person. Right. So you knew it wasn't just, oh, I'm trying to hook up. Or do you right. think you still we, felt that we, way from the beginning? It was like, let's hook up and then forget it. Well, I think it was like, oh, this is like, well, I think at the GLAAD Awards, if you are a single person or 
Or not. Um, you know, no judgments. <laughs> Everyone has a different arrangement. It's sort of like your goal to go home with someone. That's like, you know, that's sort of how you know, you know. that you had a successful GLAAD award. Yeah. Um, so I think I was excited to go home with him. And I was also like, we'll see how it works out. Because I also knew I had, like, Steven as a backup plan, right? <laughs> this is wild. Zeke, this is wild. Um... And so I was like, you know, either way, it's, you know, I'm, I'm doubling my odds. But then Nico and I just really hit it off. Yeah, I just moved yeah. to L.A. and I was complaining about L.A. and I was like, there's no good food in L.A. Yes, and he was like, you're not I, going. I mean, this this is how we bonded because that's exactly what I said. There's no good food in L.A. I'm like, oh, them's finding words. You haven't gone to the right places. And I will I will show you all the places where you need to be eating. And we just ate our way through Los Angeles. Yes. Um, we yeah. no longer, I mean, are even close to fitting in the clothes oh. that we met each other in. <laughs> we keep telling, we keep telling people, it's like, oh, it's, it's, this is quarantine weight. It's just, we were so skinny when we met. <laughs> but yes. now, here's my question. Like, you know, you both talked about kind of not having some of those, like when you're, you know, a teen and like early 20 markers of like, this is dating, this is flirting, this is who I am in that space. But then you guys, it seems like you also both met each other at a time where you were building these public personas. Like people kind of knew who you were. And yeah. so how did that impact how you let each other in? You know what I mean? Like when you feel like, oh, you think you know me because of some shit you saw on TV. Because you read my Wikipedia article. Right. Or like something like that. And I think also, especially in LA, that can happen, you know, even regardless. What did well, that, I don't know, how'd you feel? I feel like because we were, you know, like, well, we also didn't, we hadn't seen each other's stuff. Yeah. So, like, so I was not... aware he was the guy from Superstore, and he was aware that I was the guy from Survivor, yeah. but neither of us, like, knew, like, I didn't know Mateo or... Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't, I wasn't, like, diving in deep. Like, I, I had, oh, I had seen the video of him being outed on Survivor, mm-hmm. but I, but, and, and when we got together, like, he had shown me a few episodes of his season, but to this day, those are the only episodes of Survivor I've seen. Um, I was yeah. not a, you know, like, I'm not a fan yeah. necessarily of, like, um, reality television, like, that genre of reality yeah, television. Competition-y yeah, competition-y in that way. Yeah, the whole yeah. I mean, I like, like, Top Chef, like, basically yeah, we watch food. Yeah, we watch Bake Off. Yeah. <laughs> if it's food-related, then I'm into it. But if it's not, then I'm, like, I, I don't really watch it, so. Yeah, well, I had been, I, so, my, when I left New York for LA, the, the mission my therapist gave me was, like, you need to learn to date, you need to learn how to open up and be intimate with another person because you have all of these like walls and trust issues um so i had been like that had been my mission in la i was going on like two or three first dates a a week for a period of time and um you know i there was this hard thing to because you people either sort of like you know knew i had a public persona or they figured it out once they googled me um and there was this element of like well how do you like explain this to someone who hasn't experienced it before and then i remember so we had this magical trip um where we finally slept together and and everything sort of like clicked with us when we we were both in new york for like uh for like 36 hours together we had this magical like day and a half so whirlwind okay first of all that 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 date was amazing because he took me to um uh spongebob the musical and then <laughs> took me to SpongeBob the Musical. We got hella baked and watched SpongeBob the Musical. It was great. It was great. And then we had like a, an amazing dinner at a David Chang restaurant. And then we just walked around like Times Square, and it was just like you know a magical New York night together. And then, mm-hmm. and then, he... then I finally got his pants off. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> and I was like, I guess I'll sleep in here now. Um, <laughs> but then, you know, I, I had to stay in New York and, and, and finish my business there. And he was going to Pennsylvania. No, Connecticut. Connecticut, not Pennsylvania. Connecticut. And then we were apart for 10 days. And we ended up... And we, we, we yearned and we longed for each other. Yeah. But I, I want to <laughs> rewind for a little bit because I remember when we were... The, when we were in New York and like walking around smoking a joint in Hell's Kitchen before we went to SpongeBob, we both kept getting recognized by fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was this moment of being like, "Oh, you get get what this is too." Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanting someone who you don't have to explain. And yeah, yeah there's just too. been a lot of like, um, I mean, ninety percent of the time, I am his. Plus one, I am I am the guy who holds the purse. You know, much more famous than I am. Um, I like I, to carry a purse. Sorry. Yes, and sometimes I carry it because he has to be on the red carpet. You know what? You know those tuxes don't hold much, so I gotta carry a clutch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but I think there's always been like an under. There's no one's had to explain how to behave in these situations or like what he needs or what I need. There's just sort of this like implicit understanding of this like insane part of parts of our lives. Um, that we, no one has needed to train each other. Yeah. And there was never, like, any sense of, you know, like, this person's trying to get something from me. Yes. Or or trying to take advantage of you in in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I have been on some dates like that, where that person just ends up like, so, who's your connect? Like, like, can you, like, introduce us over email? I'm like, I thought this was a... A date. Right, right. I didn't think this was networking. Yeah. yeah. I When I first, I had a job out here in 2013, and there were some people who, like, had also moved from New York, and I thought they were, like, just reaching out to me to be like, hey, we're here. We don't really know a lot of people. Let's hang out. And then, like, very slowly I found it. They're like, hey, uh, can you submit my packet for me, or can you do this thing for me? And I'm like, oh, oh, you just, like, under the – uh under the camouflage of friendship, you are you are yeah. slowly sneaking me these yeah. things that you really. It's really sort of that. crazy how people just ask you those favors because I'm like, the the list of, of people that I would do that for is very short. Yes, very short <laughs> list. So yes. and those people know who they are. <laughs> you know what I'm they know they know they can come to me and be like, oh, you want me to contact my agent or or, or give this to my showrunner. Those people know who they are. If you have to ask me, it means it's a no. It's not you. Yeah, that's a very good call. I think it's also too, I think because I've had it in smaller ways with people where they, I'm like, I don't have any power. You know what I mean? Like things look like, like you know, I get it. The optics of this sometimes can make it seem yeah. like it. And sometimes I'm like, I actually can't do anything for you and I'm waiting for my check. So just right. because you saw an article on the internet, I have not actually been paid. Like, you know? Yeah. And that's the same thing. Is that people think that I'm in this position to give them the world. I'm just like, I'm number six on the call sheet. Now you're number five. Now I'm number five because somebody left. Oh. But, <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, that's, I, I don't have any clout in this situation. Like, you yeah, know, yes. like just because you think, just because just I'm on this show and I was in one movie that did really well does not mean that I have the key to Hollywood. So we're, yeah. I'm still struggling to... You mean the mayor didn't give you a key to the city after Paul Blart Mall Cop 2? I mean... <laughs> that was the movie. That was the movie you meant. That was the movie. Yeah, that, that was, was the movie I was talking about. That's a big one. Yeah, look. Career-defining. Career-defining. 
for the listeners, if you want the power, mm-hmm. uh, be a white male mm-hmm. and go to Harvard. Harvard is the key, it seems. There you go. If you can go yeah, to Harvard. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be working that well for me. <laughs> Did you? Did you go yeah. to Harvard? Oh, God. You know that. I was just talking uh, about, like, every writer's room I've ever been in. Every yeah, like, no, I... I, I, I was transitioning in college, and so, like, I missed out on all, like, the power and the prestige and the oh, intrigue and the, yes. you know, hanging out at the the whatever, the lampoon. Yeah, the lampoon. I was <laughs> yeah. going to say, okay, so you weren't, because, you know, you weren't really in the lampoon yet. No. And that's what does it. That's yeah. the real key to the It's the, the lampoon or uh, hanging out with uh, Alan Dershowitz. Who's that? Alan <laughs> <laughs> Dershowitz. Um, so, wait, where are you from originally, Zeke? I, I'm from uh, Edmond, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm from oh, Central goodness. Oklahoma. What's yeah. going on there? When did you meet your first black person? <laughs> well, actually, as I like to tell Nico, our next door neighbors and like best family friends um, was a black family. They, Ooh. yeah, um, and they, uh, we like not only were we neighbors. Um, my father's construction company and the Childers, our next door neighbors, their construction company. Um, shared a building and the Childers were always like much wealthier than we were. They had like pictures all over their home of like meeting Reagan and like golfing with Reagan. And so like there was this very wealthy conservative black family that lived next door to me, which was my primary exposure to black people until like I was 18, which it skewed everything. (laughs) That's amazing. Obsessed with the Childers. We got to get them on. And they're like, their older son was a big queen and would like pick me up from like middle school and we would drive around like singing show tunes together. It was, yeah. That's magical. I yeah. love that, that his experience with the with his first black family is like, I guess all black people are Reagan loving Republicans. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like Candace Owen makes sense to you. Yeah. <laughs> but it was great because they would, you know, I, I, I was very blind to how race actually worked in America, but it was very funny because, you know, they had the biggest house in the neighborhood mm-hmm. and every year they had this giant eight foot black Santa who was on this like rotating platform and would rotate back and forth and they put it right in like the big glass entryway so that everyone would just see this big black Santa lit up, rotating, looking at them every Christmas. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Do you know when someone tells you a story and you're like, I need a spinoff, like of a story <laughs> you've told me because I'm no, I want to know about Oklahoma, but now I'm like, okay, the Childers are their own ecosystem. <laughs> yeah. This is a family is a whole nother world. I'm honestly very stymied. Like I'm trying <laughs> to figure them out because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> it really has left me a little flabbergasted because I'm like, oh, because like there's all like, in my mind, it's just like a family of like Alex P. Keaton. Like it's reversed. It's a reverse family ties in some way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> reverse family ties. <laughs> but then Nico. OK, so oh, we've got Oklahoma. And then Nico, when you were in like high school, right, you got to Oregon. Yeah. So born and raised in the Philippines. Yeah. Moved to Oregon when I was 16. Mm. A week Six, yeah, about six, a week before sophomore year of high school started. So literally, I moved to an entirely new country. And then a week later, they were like, go to high school. Um, and I was like, oh, God, what are we doing here? Um, it was it was quite a, yeah, it was it was yeah, a really rough. Is this the, like, progressive part of Oregon or the uh, rest of it? Or the rest of it? <laughs> you know, the it was Gresham, of- Oregon, which... Um, you know, Oregon, bless her heart. Um, 
There are three liberal cities in Oregon, and that's Portland, Eugene, and Ashland. And the rest of it is just uh, KKK terrific. <laughs> uh, just uh, yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's it's hard. It, it was a hard it was a hard transition. Yeah. I was like the only Filipino really in that high school. I think there was one other Filipino. People didn't get what I was because they thought I was Chinese, but I had like a Spanish last name. They just were so confused. Um, yeah, and also like I was also in the closet right when I moved and was going through the process of coming out and realizing that I was gay. So it was rough. It was a rough one. My God, Gretchen, Oregon, Edmonton, oh, yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. These are places you just read about. Yeah. <laughs> you read wow. about them and they made rude now. Well, no, that's because I'm terrified to go places where there are not black people. If I had known the children were there, it would have been a get out situation. I would have been terrified. But it would have been nice to see the black Santa. You know what I mean? Like to be driving yeah. by and be like, okay, I can go in there and yeah. get a hot meal. Um, <laughs> I'm from Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania sounds like Oregon. Because like it's the outside of like any of the large cities, it's just hate groups. There was a uh, we did in my uh, in my temple uh, one Saturday morning in religious school. Uh, we did the whole day talking about all the different hate groups in <laughs> Pennsylvania and Allentown and Bethlehem and uh, and uh, Harrisburg. They and were telling you where not to Hazleton. go. Yeah, was that just like okay, Jewish children, do not break down on the side of the road yeah, in the following was, town. It was a map of Pennsylvania, and they had a Jewish star on Reading. Pittsburgh and Philly, and then the rest of it was just like little white uh, <laughs> triangles with two eyes in it, and just like nope, looks like a fire of white hoods. Oh, good God! Oh my God! That was poetry, though. Yeah, I went to college in Southern Oregon in Ashland, and there was a a city very near there called White City, and oh, uh, no, it was, I mean, whew, it told you what it was. <laughs> yeah, Southern Oregon is just very yeah, very yeah. racist. So yeah. Oh, wait, can I ask a question Cause I, before I forget it? Zeke, when you were saying that, like, you were talking to your therapist about having to, like, break down all these walls. Mm -hmm. Do you mind if I ask, like, what was that process like for you? Because I'm just trying to think of, like, how did you get to the point where you're, like, where you were saying, like, I'm not connecting. I don't know. Oh, all of my defenses were up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I well, it's. Uh, okay, I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. So um, I. I, I knew I was queer something growing up, um, but didn't have, like, the the words to articulate it. And so uh, the closest I had to, like, oh, like, I, I had, like, a masculine identification was, like, seeing lesbians when I was 12. And I was like, oh, this seems like a sure off-ramp to um, cargo shorts and football jerseys. And so I, I took it because it's all I knew. And then I got to college and, and, right, and everyone knew I was queer from a very young age bullied yada 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 i responded by just being meaner i just bullied back harder and then people knew just like to ignore me um and right so that's one wall that i put up was like just always be aggressive and mean because people are going to be mean to you so be mean first and be mean better better than they are um and then i got to college in liberal massachusetts thought everything was going to be better um it wasn't i learned that i was trans which meant like all the people I thought I was going to fit in with didn't end up fitting in with them. Um, never really like felt confident being myself because no one ever, I didn't, I didn't know how to be myself. Right. I always was trying to fit in with other people. Um, I had a two year abusive relationship in college that I had to like leave school to, and like almost get a restraining order to like get away from this person. Um, and when I transitioned in college, it was like, 
it, it was a long time ago. It was before people like really knew the word transgender or knew that there were transgender men. Everyone thought like, oh, like you know, there are transgender women who are sex workers or whatnot. But the idea that you were transitioning, uh, you know, into a masculine identity was not something people understood, and people were really weird about it. And I lost a lot of friends. And my parents were also like, we're not going to tell any of your family or anyone back in Oklahoma. We're going to sort of like you know hide you away on on the east coast and then after i graduated and um you know all of my documents in were in order and people like did not have trouble like reading my authentic gender um you know i didn't know what to do i was just like well this is better than everybody knowing that i'm trans so i'm just gonna not tell anybody that i'm trans um with no sort of like long-term understanding of how that was going to work in my life it was just like well things are better in the immediate so we'll just keep keep going this way and it's not like my parents had really any advice about how to be a transgender adult um there's nobody like no other transgender adults like in my life i didn't have any like mentors or anyone to guide me in that experience um so like i just had i built all these walls and i kept everything on the inside and then of course i went on a reality show which yes you know, it was a good choice. It was a bad choice. It was, you know, it was what it was, right? Whereas, you know, there's no rewriting history. It happened, and wouldn't you know it that as part of the two seasons I did back-to-back, I was basically just in Fiji for four months, you know, this thing that I didn't know how to handle happened, you know, comes out in this, like, big way where you know that, like, the entire fucking world is going to know this thing that you still have not made sense of for yourself. Um, and so for nine months, I was in very intensive therapy with a guy who was just trying to teach me about vulnerability and how it would be that I needed to learn that vulnerability without a violent reaction was possible. Because my entire life, every time I had opened myself up in any way, someone was there to attack. And I needed to be open to the idea that someone could love me for me and that I could share the intimate parts of myself um, and like have them be accepted and loved. And uh you know that was a very long process of being in therapy every week for many years learning to be vulnerable inch by inch Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. step by step (laughs) day by day okay take it down take it buttery okay (laughs) Um, oh yeah nika you sang on like the latest episode of uh of superstore i was like oh he's got a really good voice I love when people like reveal a voice. You know what I mean? Like I love a dramatic reveal of a voice. Like that was a subtle reveal, but like I'm saying, you know, like when you just kind of say like, "Yeah, I'd do that." You know what I mean? And just like kind of walk away. Like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> so you were in the middle of this pro- that. So that's that process that led you to yes. And I was so I was finally in the part where like date you know in the ther- the New York therapist who was a good therapist and an LA therapist it wasn't as good but he was fine. Um, we still got where we are. It's hard to find a good therapist in LA. Regardless, um, I have a really good. We still movie. got our New York one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mine refuses to do Skype therapy because he's not licensed in California. Yes, yes, I understand. But this this relationship actually was the the, the first domino, and 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 leading me to to seek more therapy because I had mm-hmm. I, I've had a few therapy sessions in the past, um, but when I finally when I met Zeke and it was just going so well and I really liked him, and I you know like my issues about trust and intimacy, uh, and confidence in you know like in my self my self esteem my my body yada 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 like all those issues obviously like started 
rising to the surface. And I was like, you know, I'm going to fuck this relationship up if I don't address those things. So I was like, we're going to seek some therapy. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's just been, it's, it's been, I don't know, it's been, it's been great. I, I feel like we've, we've grown and learned so much from each other yeah. since, since yeah. we've been together. So. I like to say that our damage isn't the same, but it's similar enough where we like can understand what's going on with the other one. Yeah. And I think like we fight very, very little. Very little. Um, we, yeah. we get along like super well. I think in the moments that we have had conflict, it's been about, I would say me a lot, like trying to be patient with his process of coming to terms with things. And also like, me being frustrated in my own like that it's still taking me time to get over the you know the intimacy and body and all the issues yeah. that we have but it's like yeah. you know it, it is like i i feel like it's you know we're just two we're two broken pieces that just fit well <laughs> you know okay, hold on that that is gorgeous and we have to take a quick break so we can all take that in two broken pieces who fit well sit with that hold it in your heart while we take a quick break 
For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes gotta miss a bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. And we're back with Nico and Zeke, so deep in love, two broken pieces that fit, putting that on a card, putting that on a tombstone. It is amazing how, you know, I think, um, Naomi, you pushed me to go into therapy Mm -hmm. when we first met. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, sure did, Mm -hmm. sure did. Uh And it, it, uh, it took me a while, but eventually I did. Yeah. And... Partly because uh, of uh, my writing partner at the time, we were were st- of uh, like ten years. We had stopped working together, but partly for this one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's amazing how you will you will do that for someone who you really care about, right? You will, and sometimes and you want to do it for yourself. Well, I was gonna say it should be yourself. A lot of times, like right, like the person you care for the most should be for yourself. But it was, but also too, I would say I didn't say go in it like. If you don't work this out, you're gonna lose me. I think what kind of got you to make to try it was I was like. Andy, I think you're having problems with some of your relationships. And I didn't even mean me, but like the creative stuff. You know, Andy had left grad school to move to New York to do comedy, which was already, you know, a big change. And then you know how to cope. You know, you kind of get in, you're like, I have to make something of myself. This is my only option. And, you know, and that kind of spin. And I was like, you might want to talk to somebody about all the shit this is kicking up in you. Mm -hmm. And that's what made you go. It wasn't it wasn't me being like. You, this is how you've hurt me in the following ways. You know, it wasn't an, an, right, an Hazelwood right, intervention. Right. It, was, it was like, I also just, I, I was not uh, open to being vulnerable. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. It's hard. It's very hard. It's hard. It's not, it's not easy. Even like just going to my first um, therapy sessions, you know, it was like trying, you know, my therapist trying to coax out really what was like, what was really? bothering. Because like, you know, like when your first therapy session, you can sort of like just, bullshit your way and just say like you know oh yeah sure i'm you know i think i'm fat i'm unhappy with the way i look but you know and then they start really digging deep what's what there is to work at then you're just like <laughs> in the fetal position crying just, <laughs> you know i know i know i mean i had started going to therapy for a very long like I have I don't have problem with my words, right like i know what's bothering me but i have problem taking the proper action to fix it you know, so my thing is like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I hate myself. What's your problem? And then it'd be like, do you want to not? And I'm like, I guess. What you got for? <laughs> you know, like, I didn't know, like, how to do the next thing. That was, like, harder for me, whereas it does feel, it took, at least in the beginning, right, for you, it was about, like, using the words, finding the words. And Recon- then, like, like recognizing, I- like, I, I did not even, I, I was not even recognizing the emotions that were happening. Like, I just, Oh, yeah, I, that's, like, that was me. I didn't, I didn't have feelings. Or I, I mean, I did, I just. Couldn't articulate them because I also grew up in a family where, like, you didn't have feelings. You just swallowed the feelings. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, we did that, except for anger. <laughs> yeah, except for anger. Then it was okay to break things. Yeah. <laughs> or love. We Love, too. I will, I will throw that out there. Very love. We didn't have a ton of that in my family, no. <laughs> um, you guys had said you were um 
first of all, it's so honored that you guys are doing the podcast because you also said you are moving. You're in the process of moving. And I mean, to yeah. do anything else when you're in the process God. of moving is amazing. Look, so thank you. But... We bought a house. We bought a house. We're very excited about very, it. Very, very excited. It's a gorgeous house. The people we bought it from are monsters. They're monsters. Really? We're having so much drama. Girl, we had to lawyer up. We, we did. We had to get a lawyer. <gasps> yes. So, I mean, like, obviously, like, we can't discuss details, yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Tell us who they are, though. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they're just garbage people. Yeah. So, like, here's the thing. So, we, we bought the house. We paid over asking for it. And it is. It's a great house. And they come to us with this story about how their child has just recovered from cancer. And we're like, oh, my goodness. And they're like, we want to take some time to... Um, roll out this idea of moving to the child so we like they put their house on the market in july and they're like we want one last halloween so like we want to leave um november 7th and typically when you buy a house and the people want to stay there for a while they'll pay you for it but they didn't want to pay us for it and we're like okay these people are going through a lot we understand and they're like okay we'll we'll be out on november 7th and then, you know, in the, the contract that we signed, like, things that come with the house are things that are, like, installed into the wall, like light fixtures. Mm-hmm. And if you have, like, bookcases, like, screwed into the wall, that comes with the house. You know, appliances. A washer and dryer appliances. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And from – so when it – we bought the house and now there are tenants. So we had to do, like, a tenant walkthrough. And the guy is talking about how he's, like, going to take the light fixtures with him. And we're, like, to our real estate and we're, like, um, he's oh. not taking the light fixtures with him. I mean, that's that's what we paid for. Um, so there – then he – so there – you know, we counter and be, like, you know, not in the moment. But, like, you know, yeah, yeah. our comebacks fall and be, like, hey, you know you can't take the light fixtures, right? Um, and then he fires his real estate agent. Um, so now he's just, like, it's just himself. And getting him to communicate as is it as was really a struggle. And like for weeks we were trying to get him to say, When are you gonna be out on the seventh? Because we had work like work plan. I was gonna come and do work that day on the seventh, and then there he doesn't say anything until seventy two hours before and is like, Yeah, we're not gonna be out for another week. Um and we're like what? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> And then they just kept using their sick child as a tool, as a manipulation yes. tool. Every time. Brought up the light fixtures, brought up the sick kid. Uh, <laughs> that sick child don't want no light this, fixtures. These <laughs> light fixtures were instrumental. In oh, they were in, they're in child's they're in recovery. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. No, I mean, these, they're, they're, they're unhinged and they're, they're unreasonable yeah. people. And they keep... Pushing all the, the the issues toward us and how we're the assholes, we're being manipulative. When in fact they're being manipulative. Um, right. Yeah, like so, we get them to say they're going to be out on instead of the seventh, they're going to be out on the ninth at two p.m. And like these are the seventh, that was their date. The ninth at two p.m. Right. That, that was, was their, their time. Date. I drive up at two p.m. on the ninth, and they're me. like, "We're not going to be out until five. Um, so finally we get them out at like 6 p.m. They're finally gone. We have the keys. I walk through the house, washer and dryer is gone. All the bookshelves are gone. And it's just, and then the next day, they, I mean, they stole these things from right, us. Right, right. You them. own that property, right. Right. And then they left on the side of the house. They left two pairs of rusty garden shears, like a metal tub and some like old paint. And they, they, 
like are in contact with us like the day after we take possession and are like yeah we need to come by to pick up our gardening tools <laughs> what is going on right you are not welcome here yeah and then we finally you get back to him and we're like okay you can come at at 3 p.m and we'll leave him in the driveway but don't like try to get in touch with us and then they're like oh we can't do it today because we're traveling across the country okay what? you should have kept that rusty tub <laughs> that's a, no that rusty tub is ours let me just also say, they also left a bag of dog shit. On the front porch. On the front porch. Oh, no. Wait, so do you think they just, like, sold the house because they wanted money, but then they didn't want to actually leave the house? I mean, that's not how it works, but I can't understand right. why you would sell your house, you know, sign the paper so it is literally not their house anymore, but then not want to physically leave. Well, I think these people also just, they didn't bother reading the contracts they were signing. Yeah, I think they just didn't understand what comes with selling your home. They think they can just take, like, whatever you want from the home, but like yeah, when the drywall. Home, <laughs> we're gonna strip all the all the drywall off the walls. Yeah, cool? and, and they maybe just, take some of the copper wires. Yeah, they just didn't read what they were. And and for us, we're first time home buyers, so we're like, I was I was meticulous in asking their yes. realtor. I'm like, so I'm sorry, I've never bought a home before. Does this come with the house? Does that right. come to the house? Are we keeping right. that? Are they and, taking it? Yeah, and there would be right. things like right. the light fixtures or the, some of these shelves would be, be like, do we need to write in that that's what we want? And they'd be like, no, it's already in the contract unless they sit, state it as an exemption. Took it out. Right. And it's just, it's, yeah. I mean, look. <laughs> oh, God. But you know what? The good thing is that the house is ours now. Yes. Um, you changed the locks? The locks changed? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I changed that lock like the, the, that day. Yeah. 601, the locks <laughs> yeah. up. We went through the first night there. We, you know, we saged, we Palo Santoed. We're going to have, <laughs> we're going to have a witch that Nico knows come and like clear all and the energy. Clear the energy. Yeah. Yes. You uh, it's to. just, but to. it just amazes me how um, you want to have more faith in people and think that people aren't that horrible, but there are people out there who are just horrible. Just so horrible. The thing yeah. is, I, I don't have faith, so I'm with you. you oh, know, yeah, I, really, I, I totally, I, I have no trust in other people. I go in very defensive. Yeah. I think it's because, like, too, my mom's a lawyer, and, like, she's also, like, a single, she grew, you know, single mom, you know, single black mom, so she kind of really drilled in me, like, in essence, you can't trust these hoes. You got to take care of yourself. You got to be out in these streets. Like, you know what I mean? Andy and I have been together for 10 years. I still have my own bank account, and that's not because I don't love him. It's not because I'm going anywhere. It's, like, psychically? Mm -hmm. I need to have this to just know yeah. that, like, I'm never going to get caught out. Yeah. You know? Like, that's well, just we the tried. kind of person. We tried a joint bank account, and then we just kept forgetting to put money in it. And then the bank started <laughs> charging us. So we're like, eh. I know. We were like, this we have, we have a joint one, and we have a, our own. So, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Harvey had some good advice about, about how married people, even though we're not married, but, like, how you know, couples should have um, what accounts they should have and. Well, we have a joint account that's for like joint expenses, um, and but mostly, you know, we put everything on our credit cards because we like getting the points. We must, <laughs> yes, of course, of course. I'm a JetBlue. I'm with so you. that's our primary, um, like I think incentive I is mean, like I'd rather just put it on my Amex and get the yeah, miles. Those Amex uh, points are are great. So yeah, so I mean, it's this this past couple of months has, has been a a very hard and fast lesson on adulting yep yeah um so it's been like such a, a challenge because even though i am the older one in the relationship i am 41 now 
Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I very much am still a child in many ways. So learning learning all this stuff has been like, yeah, it's it's been a, it's, whew. It's been a yeah. curve. It's been a learning curve. I am. I'm. A, I'm in full daddy mode uh, now. <laughs> I own work boots. Um, mm-hmm. The like this morning, I I woke up at 8 a.m. and went directly to the Home Depot to buy topsoil and grass seed and go okay, like, run, work on my lawn. <laughs> to run Swanson, I can't. I can't with topsoil. <laughs> oh, I've I've learned how to finish drywall. I've learned how to like texture walls. I am. I am. I'm in the full. I have. Oh, I have. I, I have power tools and lawn tools now. Yes. Ugh, I like want <laughs> actual skills. He's been obsessed with that, and then I've been like, "What about this end table?" <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect yeah. match. I feel like Andy and I are both just end tables. Even though, like, you can put together IKEA stuff, but neither of us are handy. And like lately, I've been like, I have got to learn some actual skills. Like, I need to be able to do stuff. You know, like I, just, I like, know what some- pliers are. Okay, you know what they are. I, I I I demolitioned my own closet. He did demo his own closet. I know. I you just I knocked know. it all out. He did. Yeah, he did. And screw them. I I and I I feel like I I do know how to do the basics. Of course, I know how to do like a, a drill and a screwdriver. Yeah. But I'm just like I would just rather pay somebody to do the work. Exactly. You know, exactly. I had worked so hard for so many years to be at the financial level that I am currently am. And let me just pay somebody to worry about that, please. <laughs> is there something, uh, Nico, you and I are the same age. There's some, I'm trying to think, is there, cause I'm, and I'm also kind of the same way. And I'm wondering if there's something about like our age range where we're like, oh, I re- like, I'm an adult. I pay my own bills, all that kind of stuff. But still, I don't know. I don't, like, I, I didn't do my own laundry until, like my parents did the laundry. I think my dad just didn't want me. He, he didn't trust me. My dad didn't trust yeah. me to do the laundry right. Because I, I, I know, like, I know all the other skills. Like, you know, I, I, I love to cook. I, I know how to cook. I, I know how to do laundry. I, I worked as a, as a dresser for a theater company. So my job was actually to wash all the costumes and, and fix them. So I, I'm good at and that other stuff. Other adulting stuff, like being handy is not really yeah. one of my skill sets. But, you know, I, I also am like, because, you know, my job is so... I mean, it's 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 very busy, and the hours are, are fluctuate so much. You know, I can be on set for sixteen hours or two hours. I just mm-hmm. and it changes weekly. It, it's just for me. I'm just like just pay somebody to to worry about that mm-hmm. stuff. Just go ahead. Well, I want to get to that place too, though, and I just feel like, especially in quarantine, oh, honey, I can't stop looking at Zillow. Can't stop looking at Redfin. All I do now is like literally when I'm like bored or like need a private moment, I'm just like scroll. What do we have? What do they oh, have? Years before we end up buying a house, I'm always just like, look at this, look at this. It's twenty five million dollars. <laughs> But then it's just nice to look after you start seriously looking and you just look and look and look and you make offers and you get beat out and yada, yada, yada. By the time you finally close, you'll be like, thank God I never have to look at Redfin ever again. Ever again. (laughs) I I have not looked at Zillow once since we bought our house. Not once. Well, the idea too that you could be, as you said, like, um, out offered like someone can offer something more like i thought it was a first come first serve situation like if you oh, offer like their price deadline. and they're like submit your offers by thursday yeah. at noon and then you just sort of like you submit it and then they look at them and they'll be like okay the highest bid was x mm-hmm. you have 24 hours to like 
submit yeah. your best and final, and then you just throw another number out there. Um, it's like a it, silent auction. Oh my yeah, gosh. we were like, I mean, because we had made an offer on a, on a, another home, and we felt really confident about our offer, and so we were actually just like, "This house is ours." <laughs> yeah, start we're picking out new curtains. Start packing up, bitches, because <laughs> this house is ours. And they were like, "Yeah, you got outbid by one hundred fifty thousand dollars." We're like, "We did okay, but we will continue our search." Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, whew, this has been a lesson learned. Uh, it's yeah, it's 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 crazy. A friend of mine just bought a house, and he said there were seventeen other offers, and he had made five other offers prior. Yeah, it's it's oh my God. the pandemic has done nothing for this market. That's what I thought. I thought it was gonna make things affordable. Where I was like, ooh, this could be our time. No, Not no, at no. all. No, 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 no. I we're still very happy that we bought. You know, we've been yeah, thinking yeah. about it. I I was done paying rent. You know. I think we're also done dealing with our over-involved landlords as well. Yes. Oh, really? <laughs> and sharing walls with people. Because we we're in a duplex and it's a beautiful home. And thank God the people who live below us moved out before the pandemic. So it's like just been us. But these floors, they are paper thin. And there were small uh, children living beneath us. And we heard them all hours of the day. Yeah. I'm like, it is two in the morning. What is your three-year-old doing screaming? <laughs> Or they'd be like, they'd be like playing basketball, like indoors. Go to bed. Go to bed. I, I oh. said what, but I'm like, oh, that would have been me. <laughs> what is, is this the when you moved in together? Is this the place? Yeah. Um, so we we moved in together about eight months after we we met. Yeah. Um, just because I was at his place all the time yeah. anyway. Bold move. We know that was a bold move, but we were but like. You know, let's just, let's just, because uh, we were like, I think, let's, let's, I think it was more of like a shit, off, shit or get off the pot sort of thing. Okay. It's like, we've been dating for eight months. Like I'm, I'm a, a bit younger than he is, but we're both like, what's not younger. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 32. <laughs> <laughs> younger. <laughs> I feel like maturity though, like we're at the same oh, age. You have a very yeah, youthful no, spirit. He is, he is I, I I am a baby. I'm a baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 8 a.m. at Home Depot is a grown-ass man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 8 a.m. No, I, I am like stoned at noon playing Zelda. That's that's where I'm at. You know? He's on Breath of the Wild. Are you? Oh, my God. God. Wait. God, you're going to I'm done. I'm checking out. It's, it's been saving me. It saved me this entire, this entire, not, I don't mean the quarantine, but the election season. Yeah. yeah. No, same. And can I just say, I was almost done with a game, and I was like... Let me get the expansion pass, and then I can add that to the next game. But then it just added it to my current game, so now I have to like have all this stuff that I have to go through. But um, yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm just out here stoned out of my ass trying to kill white main Lionels. <laughs> you know, trying to get them okay. them Lionel bows. <laughs> but my thing with it though, like, because Andy will play, and he always he's like, he's like, can I play Zelda now? Because it's gonna be he's gonna be a while. You not, know what I mean? He's like, like meaning like not, not like I'm getting permission, but right. just like hey, let you I'm know I'm gonna monopolize the TV for an hour. I'm gonna monopolize the TV. So well, I was like, but then I come up every time I come through, his ass is making a stew, and this is what kills me about Zelda. Yeah, he's always cooking. He's always you making gotta so get you gotta get hearts. But the thing is, with with the video games, you know, there was a point in the quarantine where we were like really sort of. Oh God, we had just both been in the house together. Together, for like four and we we're months. like, because we're, this... we're very serious quarantiners. Yeah, um, yeah same, same. and we were just like, we were just sick of each other. <laughs> and then he was he 
got Zelda and was playing PlayStation in, in his bedroom. Switch. Switch. Yes. Or oh, sorry, Switch. Switch. Um, and I like, got I got an Xbox and set it up in the living room. So there was like a couple of weeks where it was just like, so I will. I'll see you for lunch. And we would just both like play video games in our separate rooms. But it felt like time apart, which we needed so badly. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Fully, fully. I would, that's you what, should get an Xbox for the bedroom now. I need something to do. Like, I'm not, you know, I don't have, like, I'm playing Boggle on my phone. That's not doing it. Like, I need something <laughs> immersive. I need, like, that experience. But I've never been a big video game person. Because I was like, so I, was like I, I think my video games, you would actually like, is the same. I'm not a really big video game person and like i don't really understand how to do the toggles exactly. and the thingies and yeah yes. um so i like to play this game called tropico in which i get to be the dictator of a small caribbean island nation <laughs> i think that's very white of you go on <laughs> <laughs> well no it's like you're castro or something um there are black dictators naomi i know but like for fun <laughs> <laughs> So like what do you well, do? Like, no, it's like it's like a very specific Sims. So instead of okay. like building like generic American town, you're building you know a, a tourist economy and a mining nation, and you've got like communist revolutionaries and you know whatever. Yeah, do you build like secret <laughs> prisons and like exactly? Yeah. I mean, oh, what? <laughs> I was just kidding. <laughs> That's okay. So more like yeah, like a building game. It's less like. I've got to climb the mountain and like do a thing. Right, it's not like an individual person. You're just looking at the map and and building stuff. I got to find something. I might try it. I'm not going to do. People were really into Animal Crossing for a while, and I was like, no, thank you. I I don't Um, know. I'm just Zelda and Mario in Castlevania. Yeah, yeah, me too. Metroid and Metroid. Metroid. Okay. We gotta play some games. Well, Naomi, do you read? I have some uh, some book recommendations. I will take some book recommendations. I do read. You do? Have you ever read There There by Tommy Orange? No. What's going on there? Um, so it's about uh, Native American communities that live in in Oakland. So like mm-hmm. Native uh, Native people in urban areas, and it's like one of those books where like you're following four different people who are in different points, and they slowly like begin to weave together. And oh, oh that's fun. Yeah. Sort of like. A herald. <laughs> Get out of here. Zeke. <laughs> How are the third beats in the book? How are the third beats? The third, beat, oh, the third beats are great. It's just one big third beat, but it really pays off. It's just a great button and then blackout immediately. It's... Uh, oh, wait. I had a question from earlier. Is there... Okay, so there's like a whole segment of like UCB couples. There's a whole uh-huh. like a people... Is there like a Glad Awards <laughs> back uh, like after party couples? Are there like... Oh yeah, we th- they met also at the Glad Awards. Um, I know. I think we are the only ones because Glad likes to talk about it a lot. Like they're always <laughs> very happy when we mention that we met at the Glad Awards, and yes, they're very. So I think they're looking for more couples to make it long term. But I think it's mostly like a hit it and quit it with most of these. <laughs> wow! 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 I yeah. love th- I love that though. I love to know that. I feel very inside Hollywood to know that the Glad Awards is a place where you are looking to smash. You're like, I'm here for the culture. I'm here for the cause, and I'm trying to smash. And <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, also like, it's sort of like a gay Hollywood um, like prestige thing. It's like that you you're not just like a plus one. Like you got invited. You got your own ticket to the Glad Awards, and you're like, "I'm someone in gay Hollywood," and now I got. We're both nominated, and now, and now we're in love. And now, yes. exactly. So yeah, so you guys bought this house together. Like, was that obviously you had moved in pretty quickly, so you were already living together, and that was fine. But was there any um, 
anxiety around what it was to own property together specifically. Yeah. Cause you know, originally it was, I was just going to be the one to, to buy a home because I'm like, listen, I, I've been saving up for five years. My business managers are like, it is time to buy, put your money somewhere. And originally I was just going to buy something. And then, you know, like Zeke was like, I guess like, I guess pay me rent. Well, I think you know. initially when we started dating, we both talked about that we were going to buy places. And yeah. I think before we met each other, the idea of buying like um, like buying like a townhouse in mm-hmm. one of those, you know, like four little townhouse plots. I think that's what we both had in mind. And yeah. then we were like, well, you know, with our powers combined, we could buy so much more. And then when the time sort of came, I freaked out and was like, I'm not ready. I can't do it. I don't want to. I can't. Uh, it's too much. I can't. Uh. I was all like, baby, I had to buy something. You know, mama's yeah. ready to shop. Mama's ready to shop. So, you know. Um. But then when we started looking, um, it was actually the first house we made an offer on because we were just looking for him and then we were going to figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And then we saw that house and I was like, nope, yep, let's, let's do this together. Let's make it. Because it was a house that would have been too expensive for him to buy, but like, with both of our money, we could we could make it work. And um, after that, I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. It was it, it also so on brand for him. Like, it's too expensive, but I'm going to try anyway <laughs> to, to buy this because that's what I want. So yeah. um, thank God he was on board. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's so good. You guys... Thank you so much for talking to us. Yeah. You have no idea. This was good yeah. for the soul. This was really good for the soul. I love to hear about property ownership. Just, <laughs> you know, I put it on my vision board and it's just good to hear about it. And to just have two lovers both in therapy. You mm. know what I mean? Two lovers yeah. in therapy making it work. Lovers in therapy, homeowners. Honestly, didn't think I would reach this point. So it is yeah. really just like, yeah. yeah. I, these these are such big milestones for me. Like being in, in a, a, a long-term loving relationship. Zeke's my first boyfriend. Were each other's first, oh my goodness, uh, first boyfriends. So, I honestly was like, you know, my my career was already like going out of place. I'm like, if I never meet anybody, if I never have a boo, it's fine. You know, I got a career. You know, like independent women, Destiny's Child. Um, but then it happened, and and now I'm just like so so thankful for it. And it's like all these milestones about in adulthood that we're experiencing together has been just so great. It's so good that you have it. You guys can experience it and like go through the growing pains of what you said where you're like oh feeling like an adult but you both kind of learned to not take the drama out on each other because i can imagine going through that shit even with just the people who you bought the house from that could that could break a couple down just because you're both dealing with the stress and then feeling powerless and these people are fucking making you crazy they making me crazy just hearing about them (laughs) you know i think the thing that we you know because we had like we met later in life, I guess you could say. Like we learned how to be okay, Diane Lane. I mean, what are you saying <laughs> later in life? Well, no, you know what I mean. You know, we learned to be independent adults. Like I yes. think when we were first meeting, we our philosophy was both like, "I'm fine being alone. I've learned how to be alone, mm-hmm. and it doesn't bother me. I'm only interested in being with someone who I enjoy being with them more than I enjoy being alone." Exactly. Um, so yes. we, we, you know, I think we take a lot of like solace in each other we're each other's comforters like we we just enjoy being together and we also like 
give each other space like we have separate bedrooms because sometimes we need our alone time um Mm -hmm. and we you know we're we're fortunate that we can can do that but it does mean that we don't really have to be in the same room together when we don't want to be like when we want to take a time out we can do it um and that's why you don't fight that's why you say you don't fight much it's because we're both really good at recognizing like Hey, I need some me time. I need yeah. to. I need to go. I need to go be away from you yeah. for a little bit, and then you come back, and you're just excited to be. Yeah, and I feel like for some relationships, you know, some of my friends are like, "You guys sleep in separate beds." Like I'm like, "Yeah, but it just works for us. It just works for us." If you knew the amount of time we spend every day snuggling with each other, exactly, you would not think it. It, <laughs> it was weird. weird. Every waking moment, we're like, let's have a snuggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not the first couple on this show to have separate bedrooms. Really? Are. Are, we're yeah. not? Or we are? You're not. Oh, see? But people find it odd. And yeah. I'm like, it's not odd. It's, it, works. it works. I know. We don't have, we, we would, I think, if we could. Well, de- well the thing that is, it's not going to break us, but it stresses us. And why I need it. We need two bathrooms, okay? And the fact that we don't have these two damn bathrooms is just, I swear to God, I just can't take it sometimes. Two bathrooms is is, is nice. Yeah. It's nice. It's It's key for long-term success, I'm convinced. I think not having to interact with each other's poop smells, it makes makes life so much better. Yeah. It's like I keep mine in mine, he keeps his in his. Oh, see, it's not even poops. Not like I mean, though you are correct. It's just about like being able to take your time in the bathroom. Like we just have, to, like, you never want to have to rush someone. Yeah, don't rush. Do don't it. rush my skincare routine. I have a lot of different moisturizers. Oh my god, thank Nico. you, Nico. You, that's why neither of you look forty-one because you both have your damn moisturizers. <laughs> that is what is happening right now. He, I said, this, I found a white man who do more lotion than me. He is up in here in the nooks and crannies, honey. And- at, least at least, at least that white man knows. You know, like most white people don't know that that you have to have a routine. I know he's got three three facial moisturizers, but um, got different serums, anti wrinkle under here. You got to get under the eyes. Gotta you got to get, get under the eyes. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, boo. I'm with you. <laughs> You guys are so wonderful. Thank you so much for chatting. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. We love you guys. You're the best. Okay, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast. And this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 